That was some great, great singing about heaven. We're going to hear more about it uh, now as we turn to Isaiah chapter 12. And I'm going to be sharing with you a message today I call the Wells of Salvation. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. Therefore with joy, with joy, you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. In that day you shall say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the people. Make them remember that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. Let this be known in all the earth. These words are from an ancient prophecy written long ago by the prophet Isaiah. And it is, in fact, a part of a song. And we'll see that, and we see it, in fact, sing unto the Lord. And it was written in the form of a song. It was an appeal then uh, for God's people to praise Him in celebration of the salvation that was promised by the Lord to them in the midst of this difficult situation. And the promise that God gave to them of salvation revolved around the coming of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 11, He was called the, or the root of Jesse, uh, which alluded to Him as the son of David. And it is that promise of the coming of, of the root of Jesse, of the son of David, of Jesus as the Messiah to live and reign upon this earth. It is that promise then that Isaiah refers to in this passage as the wells of salvation. The wells of salvation. Now Jesus might have been considering this passage when he spoke famously to the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And uh, he had asked her, you remember, for a drink. And uh, she said, uh, uh, well, he, she was amazed that he would even ask her for a drink. Uh, but Jesus would tell her, if you knew who it was that was speaking to, who, to you, you would have asked of me, and I would have given you living water. Uh, she was concerned about that, didn't understand what he was talking about. Uh, but Jesus answered and said to her in verse 13, whoever drinks of this water, that is the water of that well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain, a flowing well of water springing up unto everlasting life. A well then that would never, ever, ever run dry. Now God's promise then uh, in this passage becomes the source and the substance of what Isaiah was calling his people to sing about, the rule of the Messiah, Jesus Christ upon the earth. Now this promise of Jesus to restore his kingly reign upon the earth is spoken of several times in the New Testament, but perhaps most in detail in Revelation chapter 20. and verse 6, the Bible said, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, notice, and shall reign with him, and that is Jesus, shall reign with him a thousand years. Now this is prefaced by something, a significant event that's going to happen first, and that's in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should, notice this, Deceive the nations no more. 
till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. Notice particularly that the devil's work is identified as being the one who deceives the nations. It's one thing to deceive a person. It's one thing to deceive your parents. It's one thing to deceive the police. Uh, but now, this is one who deceives the nations. This is deception that is going on on an international level. And that is particularly promised to be the work and the domain of the devil. It is high time for us as God's people to understand that this is in fact happening right now before our eyes as the devil is working to deceive whole nations of people and in fact has them bound in the dominion of darkness. Jesus warned about it in Matthew 24 and 24. There will arise false Christ, he said, and false prophets, and shall sow great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And behold, I have told you before. That's Jesus' way of saying, listen, I've told you before it happens. I told you beforehand that it was going to be this way. And we can't say as God's people, well, I'm immune to this. We're not immune. Because Jesus said that it could be that even the very elect would be deceived. Now the truth of the reign of Jesus Christ upon this world is clearly established. And there is nothing that all of the deceivers of all the world can do. Jesus Christ is going to reign over this world for a thousand years and you and I are going to reign with him. Jesus is going to return with his saints and yes, he's going to come back for his saints. That's what we call the rapture. But he is also going to come back with his saints. And that's when he is going to establish his rule upon this earth. And all the deception that's going on in this world is not going to prevent that from happening. That, that deception is very real. It's very powerful. But Isaiah spoke glowingly about this coming time of the reign of Jesus Christ on this earth. You see that in chapter 11 and verse 6. He said, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Well, where's your baby? Well, he's out there playing with the lions. Okay. That's fine. The cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The suckling child, just a little toddler, will play on the hole of the asp. That's a poisonous snake. The weaned child shall put his hand in the cockatrice den. That's a, a den of poisonous snakes. What are you playing with out there, son? Hold it up. Oh, it's a cobra. Go ahead. Pet that thing. Aren't you glad it's going to take a thousand years? It's going to take a thousand years for us to get used to being able to play with the snake. My goodness, what an idea. What is he talking about? He is talking about a reign of peace and righteousness upon this earth so much that even the animal kingdom is going to be caught up in it. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You see, I'm here today to tell you there is hope for this world. There is hope for humanity. There 
is hope for peace. There is hope that someday there will be a reign of righteousness so that people will do right. They will live right and be right. And that is going to happen when Jesus Christ, who Isaiah called the root of Jesse, is going to sit on the throne of David, but rule not only in Jerusalem, rule not only over Israel, but establish his rule over this whole earth. And it's going to be a rule of peace and of righteousness. And we as God's people are going to be ruling with him. Oh, Brother Rich, do you really believe that? I certainly do. And it is exactly that truth then that Isaiah is talking about in chapter 11. And then he calls us to sing about it in chapter 12. We call this thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ the millennial reign of Christ. And for many years, that was the only context that I ever used the word millennial in, was in reference to the millennial reign of Christ. Well, it's different now. We've got a whole generation of people we call millennials. Uh, and you millennials, you need to learn about the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. You need to know, yes, the Bible promises a time of great tribulation. Yes, that's coming and it's going to happen. And yet the Bible also promises a 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ on this very planet when we, as a people of God, will be ruling with him in righteousness and in peace. One day the world's going to be the way the world was meant to be. One day there will be a time of peace and of right living. The Bible promises it. But the Bible also warns about a time of great, great deception. And we're living in that time today. If we haven't figured it out by now, the false prophets are predominantly the, uh, the media voices and the politicians that control them. And I don't care which, which one you tune into, 4, 7, 11, 16, or whichever one, all points in between. You see, listen to me. You see only what they want you to see. You hear only what they want you to hear. And while you're listening to what they want you to hear and watching what they want you to see, there's something sometimes that you as God's people are feeling down deep in your heart. Something that tells you, you know, this doesn't all just sound right. There's something about here that doesn't seem right. And there's a stirring in your spirit. Listen to me. That stirring is the spirit of truth of God warning you. Because they're trying to lead you into believing something. That Whatever it is, they're trying to lead you into believing. And leading, trying to turn you away. Turn your way. Listen, I don't think it's a coincidence that the devil's called the prince of the power of the air. <laughs> the power there. Think about that when you go home today. Uh, that's one of his titles in the scripture. But against all of that, then the Bible talks to us about this marvelous well of salvation that Jesus Christ puts inside of each of us. A well that we can drink deeply from. Drinking from the wells of salvation. So while we sit and we listen and we watch and we think and we try to figure everything out, let's ask ourselves the question this morning. Are we drinking from the wells of salvation? Will we draw water from this glorious well? Now in order to talk about that, there's three questions I have to ask you today that will be the substance of our message today. And the first one is this one. Number one, uh, do you have the well of salvation? 
Do you have a well of salvation? Behold, God is my salvation, verse 2. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. This is the great declaration of God's people. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Now the world is full of people who say, I will not trust and I will not be afraid. They don't trust in God and they don't fear God at all. They're utterly convinced that what they're doing is righteous. They're utterly convinced that uh, their cause is just, and therefore whatever they do is justified in the uh, advancement of that cause that they think is, think is just. They do not see themselves as facing the judgment of God because most of them don't believe in God at all. They would say, I don't trust and I don't fear. And you see what happens when people like that get control of the world. There are those also who trust and yet who live in fear. They fear their own human frailty. They fear their inability to live and by the works of their own righteousness then to secure their own salvation, their eternal destiny. They trust, but they still choose to live in fear. There are those who fear but who will not trust. They fear the world. They perhaps even fear God. They fear future. They fear their own standing with God. And yet, like the religious people that Jesus addressed in his day, they would respond to him as they did to Jesus. And Jesus would say to them, you would not come to me that you might have life. He offered them life, but they refused it. They fear, but they will not trust. Some don't trust and don't fear. Some trust and still fear. Some fear, but won't trust. But listen, as God's people, what do we do? <laughs> I will trust and not be afraid. This, you see, is the well of salvation. And I must ask you, do you have this well? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Isaiah pointed out, you see, this truth, and you must understand it today. In that day, O oh Lord, he said, I will praise you, though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. There was a time, you see, when we lived under the sentence of divine displeasure. All had sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. We were all living our lives under the wrath of God. We were at enmity with God. But then there came a time when you were convicted of yourself as a sinner, when you trusted in Jesus Christ then and called upon Him to be your Savior. And when you did that, then Jesus Christ became that well in you springing up unto everlasting life. Do you have this well of salvation? You must have it for yourself. You can't go through life drinking from your parents' well or from a neighbor's well. You must have this well for yourself. Everyone needs this well of salvation in your own life. Remember, Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you would have asked of me, I would have given you living water. You see, this well is free for the asking. If you'll ask for it, you'll get it. Do you have then the well of salvation? It's a vital question. The second question is this. How deep is your well? How deep is your well? Verse 3, therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So number one, do you have that well of salvation? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Then number two, how deeply 
is that how deep is that well in your life? Now, the reason that I ask that is because I, I spent quite a bit of time in East Arkansas around the farmers, and I learned the value uh, of what it meant when a farmer said that they had a, a farm and, and their water supply was made of deep wells. You see, a, a deep well is valuable because it has a lot of water. And there are times when you need a lot of water very quickly. When you got a deep well, uh, then you know that you can turn those pumps on, the water's going to come out, you're not going to run dry. Now, when it comes to our salvation, let's understand that when we drink from the waters of salvation. We are saved. You don't have to be saved again and again and again and again and again. But I will tell you this morning, there are times when we need the joy that comes from drinking of the well of salvation. And in this context, he, remember, is talking about that coming rule and reign of Jesus Christ on this earth. We are surrounded by evidence of a world gone mad. We are reading and writing and listening and watching scenes can lay out before us of incredible, incredibly disturbing things. We need a well that goes down deep in our soul that reminds us that Jesus Christ is coming and he will rule on this earth. And it will be a reign of peace and righteousness when all is well and all is made well. We need to drink, be able to drink deeply and daily from the waters of salvation. Not just something that we once drank from years ago and thought that was fine. No, that's why the Bible talks about the wells of salvation. Sometimes it might be your marriage that's causing you a lot of trouble, a lot of difficulty. And I hear more and more about it in these days of, of all this family togetherness. Listen, it's not been a joy to a lot of families. It's a lot of people struggling. Some of you at home might be struggling might be sitting there watching this program with somebody you don't like very much right now. Sometimes you're married. Don't say you didn't love them. I just said you don't like them much right now. Sometimes your marriage is going to need a deep drink from the wells of salvation. Just knowing that God is in control, that Jesus Christ loves you, and that there's a source of joy in your life. You might be struggling with your children. You might be deeply afraid for them. It might be something about them that's causing great concern in your family situation. You may be out of your job. You may be out of work. Finances may be getting tight. You can be, get pressure from all kinds of places. They come to us from all circumstances and all situations in life. And I want you to know, I want you to know that you can drink deeply from the well of salvation. It might be sickness that comes on you. And you might think that, well, he's talking about COVID-19. Listen, COVID-19, for a lot of people, is the least of their worries. They're fighting life and death battles with cancer. They've suffered a stroke or some kind of debilitating uh, illness. It's happening to people. These things haven't stopped. They're still going on all around us. I preached three funerals this week in two days. Not one of them died from COVID-19. Okay? You might get sick. You might suffer the death of a loved one. You might face your own death. When those things come, folk, we need to be able to get a deep drink from a deep well. We need that well in our soul so that we know that no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, no matter what is being told around us in our world, the reality is that there is a part of my soul where there's peace because Jesus Christ has put a well there, and I can drink from it. So much deception going on in the world. 
I want to remind you today that it doesn't matter if 100 million people speak a lie, it's still a lie. Make it a, a, a 5 billion people speaking a lie, it's still a lie. We don't determine truth and falsehood by how many people are speaking it. 100 million people telling a lie, it's still a lie. But the truth of God and the truth of Jesus Christ is still there. And that truth tells us something very important and very powerful today. And that is that Jesus Christ is going to rule over this world. And there is hope for humanity. And there is hope to come. And there is a world that is going to be right when God is in charge. When God rules on it through Jesus Christ and we rule with him. The truth is that the future belongs to God and to God's people. And we need to drink from that well a lot these days. <laughs> we need to drink from it often. This is a well then that has a particular promise for us. I will trust and not be afraid. I will trust and I will not be afraid. The last thing then, do you have the well? Is the well deep? well that rises up in you so that you can say, I will trust and not be afraid. Then are you sharing that well with others? Verse 4, in that day you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing to the Lord for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth, cry out and shout on the inhabitant of Zion for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Great is our God. We live in a day where there are certainly great obstacles, but there are great opportunities. You know, we lament the fact that uh, uh, we're practicing social distance as a church. I, I just never thought of such a thing. Uh, I, I really didn't. Never thought we'd see uh, the kind of times that we're in right now, but we're in them. Yes, they do present some obstacles. Uh, the world uh, presents some message about how dangerous it is to go to church. And, and a lot of people certainly listen. I'm glad every one of you are here. I'm thankful for every one of you that's sitting at home and watching uh, by television or, or by the internet this morning. I'm thankful for everyone who is a part of the audience and you're hearing the message of God about the wells of salvation. I'm thankful for you. But let's understand there's a lot of folks that aren't listening. They weren't inclined much to come to church before all this happened, and they're sure not coming now. But that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities as well. Because now you don't have to tell people, well, you know, if you'll get up, get your family dressed, and, 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 and drive across town and come to church, then you can have a good time. You don't have to do all that now. They can just watch on Facebook. Share the message. I've told you before. Hit that share button, those of you folks at home. Share it to your neighbors. Ask them, listen, tune in to our services. Watch them. You might hear something that will be a blessing to you. You know they will. Share it with them. In some ways, yes, there are obstacles, but there are also opportunities. But let's move beyond that because the opportunities that are presented in this passage are a much more personal kind of opportunity. The world needs to hear you sing. Sing of the greatness of your God. You say, Brother Rich, the world don't want to hear me sing. Okay, <laughs> I'll go with that. Uh, so maybe you can't carry a tune real well. You don't have to carry a tune in order to sing a song of praise unto God. All you have to do is say praise the Lord. You want a testimony today? Here it is. I will trust and I will not fear. I will trust and I will not be afraid. God is my salvation. I will trust Him 
and not be afraid. And that very testimony that God is my salvation and I am not going to live my life in fear, that very testament goes uh, incredibly far in the world in which we are living today. With the obstacles then that are before us comes a great opportunity, the same social media that allows 100 million people to spread a lie also allows us as God's people to spread the truth. The truth that I have a well, and that well says this, I will trust and not be afraid. It is to declare his name, the mighty name of Jesus. It is to declare that Jesus offers this well of salvation and the offer that God is still doing marvelous things for those who trust in him. Somebody says, what if you get sick? Oh, well, if I get sick, I will trust and I'll not be afraid. Well, you might die. Yeah, I might. <laughs> to live as Christ and to die as gain, I'll trust and not be afraid. Well, what if you lose everything? Well, I don't have to worry about all that very much because most of what I have belongs to the bank anyway. You know, I, uh, Wells Fargo owns it all. Most of it. Uh, well, what if you lose everything? Oh, well. My, my, my treasure is laid up in heaven above. I've invested in the kingdom of God where moth and rust doth not corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. Oh, but what if you lose everything? I can't lose everything. Because everything that matters the most to me is already invested and being carefully preserved by our Lord Jesus Christ. What if the Supreme Court keeps ruling against our faith? Oh, well. What if, what if, what if, what if? Let me give you an answer. Here's the well. I will trust and I will not be afraid. Now, I'm not calling you to reckless behavior. Don't misunderstand me. This is what we call a disclaimer. I'm not calling you to be reckless. Uh, being a people without fear doesn't mean that we are, are reckless. I think about that teenage kid uh, that's cranking up that uh, uh, four-wheeler saying, watch this, okay? I'm not telling you to go out and live a watch this life, okay? I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you in the depths of our soul, Jesus Christ has planted a well. And that well he calls on us to draw from and drink from daily and deeply. And it is a well that is there because Jesus Christ is going to rule over this earth for a thousand years and we will rule and reign with him. It is a rule and reign of righteousness. And that is followed, in case you're wondering, <laughs> uh, read the end of the book. Uh, that's followed by forever. <laughs> forever with God on a new heaven and a new earth. I'm, I'm looking forward for that too. But uh, now we're just talking about that millennial reign because that's what's in the text. That well is there because we know that Jesus Christ is going to rule over this earth and we'll rule with him. And because of that, we can say, I will trust and not be afraid. That's the water we drink from. And we take it down deep in our soul. And it's good to know today that the same Jesus who put that well in your soul will put it in the soul of others too if they'll only ask him. 
So as our praise team comes up at this time and, and we begin, I just want to go through this quickly with you and kind of rehash this for you. And uh, we'll have this time of reflection and consideration as our praise team leads us in this song. Number one question, do you have the well of salvation? Is it there because you've asked of Jesus and he has given you then that well that springs up unto life everlasting? Do you have that well in your soul that tells you because you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe he's coming again? And no matter how bad things might be around us, no matter how difficult our situation might be or become, I can drink from that well because it's inside of me. It's flowing all the time. And it is a well then that says, I will trust and not be afraid. Do you have that well? If I could give it to you today, I would. But I can't. There's one who can. That's Jesus Christ. And if you'll ask Him, He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll deliver you from the wrath of God. And He'll put in you that well of living water flowing an everlasting life. Jesus gave us a simple promise. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can do that today. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He'll forgive you and save you. Be your Savior if you'll ask Him. Do you have a well? And how deep is the well? It may not be today. But someday you're going to need a whole lot of water in a short time. More than you ever dreamed was possible. How deep is your well? Have you learned how great and how glorious our God is? Do you talk about how excellent He is? How wonderful He is. Do you sing the Lord's song? I will trust and not be afraid. Are you showing others how to get that well in their life? Such a simple message today. And yet it has such a great application to us all.